It is Monday, December 24th, 2018, and you are listening to episode six of No Retakes. everyone to this the sixth episode of no retakes the podcast about voice acting mental health and being an adult in the 21st century i'm your host chris and thanks for being with me on uh this episode that is recorded legitimately recorded on christmas eve uh it is currently eight in the morning right now and i am i got nothing else to do uh which is uh, that is that is not true uh i really want to be spending this time with you because I thought about maybe just skipping this week because it's a holiday. No one's really going to be listening on Christmas Eve. Certainly nobody's going to be listening on Christmas Day. Um, But I made a promise to myself that no matter what the circumstances were, I would produce an episode every week. No matter how good or bad that episode is, I'm going to get it out there. And I definitely want to hit this Monday uh, release schedule because... You know, consistency. Consistency is really important. Um, So that's why I'm sitting in my office right now recording a podcast for all of you on Christmas Eve. Um, But yeah, I enjoy doing this. So no complaints over here. Uh, I do want to open on. I want to open this this show by first saying, if you listen to last episode, you probably. First of all, I am pee-popping the mic real hard, so let's move that a little bit. There we go. Uh, If you remember the last episode, I said that there was very likely going to be an interview, and that's still on the docket. We still definitely want to do that, Um, but just like logistics and scheduling and things like that made it a little difficult to do that for this episode. Uh, So that will be coming in the new year, uh, very early in in the new year. So maybe like the first or second episode of January. Um, I'm really looking forward to it because there's a lot of fun things like me and the, and my, and my subject, cause it's not a hundred percent an interview. It's more of a conversation. Uh, we could talk for hours. Uh, I'm not going to subject you to all of that, uh, but just a, f- a fraction of it, like probably around one hour. But it's going to be a lot of fun. He definitely, definitely, he definitely, definitely has a lot of things to say about um, about mental health and especially about uh, how that relates to his career. And we had, we have had, and do like we've done the same thing roughly there thereabouts. So we've got a lot we can talk about. Um, so that's going to be forthcoming. I'm still. Uh, thinking about doing a breaking down my my acting process uh, f- for what it is right now. Like it's a process that's heavily ensconced within quotation marks. Um, I still want to do that, but I think that requires a little more prep than just a sit down and and record it on a Monday morning. 
So that will be coming later, probably also sometime in in, uh, the new year. Maybe later January, February. I don't know. I'm making all of this up. I've got no idea what I'm doing. So uh, look for that in the new year. Um, This episode is going to be like kind of a hodgepodge of different topics, things that have been on on my mind, probably more so than than usual. So expect some pretty big like subject hops, um, because doing this show is a lot like I feel like it's a lot like writing Saturday Night Live or uh, South Park. Like I sit down every week and I'm like. I've got nothing. Like, what What can I talk about right now? What can I talk about that's not just me repeating myself over and over and over again, like I just did? Um, and, like, coming up with new material, new stuff to talk about. And then I spend five minutes and I start writing down things I want to, uh, to discuss. And lo and behold, a show comes out. Um, they're normally really heady and more important like things that I really, really want to get off my off my chest and things I want to put down there for posterity, I guess, maybe, question mark. But this is just sort of going to be like a, this is what I've been thinking about, things that have sort of impacted me and what's been on my mind uh, for the last week, which is kind of like what the regular show is, but just, again, imagine uh, sort of like an ADD version of uh, this of this show. Like we're going to be talking about one thing and then jumping right over to, to something else. Um, the first thing that I want to talk about is the time of the year. Uh, you've definitely heard me talk about Christmas a lot and I'm, I, if I'm being honest, I'm more of a fall guy. I really love like September, October, early November. I feel like that's perfect. It's cold, but not too cold. Uh, it's still like hoodie weather. You can walk around and also there's no goddamn pollen in uh, the air. So that I think is like, like, uh, temperature wise and my happiness wise, that's like around my favorite time of the year. But, uh, this time of the year is something that I look forward to every, every single year. Uh, I love Christmas a whole bunch. It, has no real religious uh, connotations for me because, like I said, I'm an atheist. But, I mean, if it does to you, great, awesome. Uh, I, I'm i not telling anybody how they should celebrate this time of, of the year, um, only how I like to do it. And as I've grown up, as I've uh, gotten more mature, one would hope, um, to varying degrees of success, there like I want this time of the year. The, what I enjoy about this time of the year more is more the pageantry. I guess like it's a thing that everyone agrees we get to get together and do. Um, and I think I like the not the pomp and the pomp and circumstance of it, but more the yeah. I think pageantry is absolutely the right word. It's a thing that we all do simultaneously. Um, and it's more fun than paying your taxes. So that's a huge part of it. I also love the feeling of family. Uh, as I get older, families become real important to me. Uh, now that I'm married, I have two families, so I get to spend my time with both of them. And like 
obviously when you're a kid, it's all about the swag. It's all about what you're getting. It's all about like what new toys you have or what new games you get to play and all of that. And I don't begrudge kids for that. I was that way. Like it's still very much a huge part of the part of the season for a lot of people. Uh, on a personal level, I try to get away from that. I want to be more uh, like less materially oriented. Um, again, I succeed and I fail at that from time to time, but it like I would love it if I got absolutely nothing for uh, the holidays, like nothing at all, but still felt the same way about Christmas that I would if I had. Um, and that's sort of what I'm working towards. And I try not to be too like, I want a brand new computer or I want a new iPad or whatever. I, like, cause as, as you get older, that stuff matters a lot less. Um, and like, it's conceivable that I could buy my own iPad um, if I really, really wanted one. Like I try to, if when I do ask for things for Christmas, I try to ask for stuff that I kind of need. Um, like I really should have asked for a new shock mount for my road podcaster, but unfortunately that didn't come together in time. Uh, that would have been great. That's like, Hey, I, I need this. This is a thing that helps me do my job. Um, but yeah, uh, that's that's a huge part of why I'm so happy around this time of, of the year. There's obviously a lot of, um, I think they call it seasonal effectiveness disorder. I think that's like when you can't, like when you see the sunlight less, so you get depressed. Um, I totally understand that. Uh, I think what comes with the holidays for me is also a lot of stress because uh, it's a lot of like financially motivated stress to make sure that, you know, like I'm the sort of person who wants to uh, do right by other people. I want to like get them things that they're really going to love. And like that's the that's the giving part of it. Um, luckily, my uh, wife is not about that. She like last year and this is a little embarrassing she like i really didn't get her that much i was really struggling financially um and i felt really awful about that i was like i can't afford to buy you anything and she she bless her heart was like you know what no it's fine you don't have to get me anything just cook me dinner a few nights uh over the christmas break and i'll be happy and that's what i did um Luckily, this year's not that bad, but it's less than I would like it to be. Uh, and that's very likely going to lead into uh, my next episode, which is which is about my goals for the new year. Um, but yeah, like I wish or what I'd like to be is like that sort of person that can just make everyone's Christmas like awesome. But you know what? That's too much. Like no one person can do that. No one person is Superman unless you're Clark Kent. Um, and that like, it's not about being able to like, to swing around a lot of cash. It's about being thoughtful. It's about like being there, being present, being like spending time with the people whom you love. And that's ultimately what Christmas is all about. Um, 
So I think we we got through that pretty well. I also noted here that I wanted to go talk about like this stupid controversy with Merry Christmas versus Happy Holidays. It's totally man- manufactured. It's bogus. Uh, it's something that people with an agenda try to do to manipulate others. Um, like I personally, it's a personal choice that I say happy holidays because I don't know whom I'm speaking to, whether they celebrate, whether they, whether they don't celebrate and I don't want to offend. That's my choice. I'm not saying you have to do it. Um, if someone tells me Merry Christmas or Happy Hanukkah or, or Happy Kwanzaa or whatever, I don't get offended. And again, I'm speaking purely for for myself. I'm not trying to prescribe a course of action for everybody because everybody's a little bit different. Uh, I When we were driving back from Buffalo, my wife and I, we were sitting down to have some brunch and I overheard some people in a booth near me was sort of decrying the like PC police. Like, I prefer Merry Christmas. Like, I don't get this Happy Holidays bull crap. And like, well, then say it. Like, ultimately, ultimately, who cares? Because it's all about the well-wish. And I, and and like I said, I just make a personal choice for myself how I want to salute people while I'm out during this time of, time of uh, the year. Your mileage may vary. So if you see people, if you're getting upset about like, why can't I say America? Don't. Little political rant for you, but you know what? Like, there's always one during the holidays. Um, next thing I want to talk about is my D and D game. Uh, I I had a great time, and I think that the last time that we played, which was about a week ago at time of recording, it went fairly well. Um, there was a lot of good back and forth, a lot of good problem solving. Um, some good uh, character moments, actually. I was super shocked and kind of delighted when um like see now I'm gonna now I'm wondering how much I have to set up because for the vast majority of people who would listen to this this doesn't apply and it's sort of like telling it's like telling someone about your dream like most people are not interested but I feel like there is some important context um during a previous game, one of my players picked up a cursed dagger. Um, I thought it was awesome at at the time because this character was sort of like the magnet for all of the bad mojo in uh, in this place that they were in, and he was like he had multiple cursed items and everything. Um, and as soon as that happened, uh, it like. There was a lot of bad repercussions, as one would expect from a cursed item, but also there was uh, uh, things that affected the party negatively, and everyone was sort of looking at this character with a side eye, like, okay, what are we going to do about this? And in a moment later in uh, the game, when this cursed character was incapacitated, one of my other characters uh, walked up, plucked the dagger right out of his hand, couldn't do anything about it, plucked, dropped it right into his uh, bag of holding. And was like, now that's no longer a problem. And I was flabbergasted and not like shocked as in like, oh, how like how dare? More like, oh, 
this is cool. Like this was this character's priority. He really wanted to make sure that this dagger didn't hurt anybody anymore. And doing that in the middle of a combat, I'm like, oh, that's really cool. I, I, it gave me a little insight into maybe the character's motivation, but also the player's motivation of like, let's get this damn thing out of play now. And I was quite impressed by that. Um, also, it solved a little bit of a problem for me. And this is a peek behind the Dungeon Master curtain. Like, I'm not a game designer. I have no formal training in it. My wife is, but that's that's another thing. Uh, I created this dagger to be, like, super powerful in the beginning. But it really boomeranged back onto you uh, later on. So, like, you might be outputting a lot of, of, of damage with it in the beginning, but the longer you hold on to it, the more it's going to warp your brain. And there was also some things like you are compelled to use this, you're compelled to use this dagger, but it's outputting a ton of friggin' damage. And to, like, the player, that's great, but I'm also like, ah, I might have to nerf that because I, do I really want someone doing 40 points worth of of of, of, of like damage every single round that they hit. And whenever they, whenever they hit something, they might become frightened of him. And it was a lot of things, but then like, if I, if I nerf that damage to where like that only damages on the first hit, then maybe then you're compelled to use a dagger, which is awful, um, awful damage wise. So I got caught in this weird thing of like, if I, make it too good, it's going to really upset the balance of uh, my game. If I make it too bad and compel a player to use it, that's awful. Uh, then that's going to make life not fun for that player. Um, luckily, uh, the all of these problems got eclipsed when the dagger was put into the bag of holding. So, phew. Uh, the lesson here is uh, be really careful with custom magic items, stuff that you create and like I thought it was fine but this is what playtesting is I now know this this dagger is fundamentally broken uh, because it's outputting way too much damage for its class uh, for yeah it's outputting way too much damage for its class I'm compelling someone to use it there's not a whole lot of downside unless you interact with it and if I decide to nerf it then it's a it's a it's a terrible weapon that I'm forcing you to use. So that's one thing. Um, we didn't get to the elder brain, um, but that's coming up. I think that's going to be in the next, in the next game. And I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. And this actually gives me some, this gives me a chance to make the fight more interesting. Like I had some ideas, uh, because I'm dealing with very high-level monsters right now, and I really don't want to force my, my my players to be like, hey, you have to fight this monster at a ridiculously high level uh, that could easily kill all of you. Uh, I might like bump that back down a little bit and make it like very dangerous, but not deadly for players of that level. Uh, and that actually fits my story. Uh, because I want this big bad boss, this elder brain, 
to be wounded. I want him to be weak. And that's why he's doing the, th- why it's doing the things that it's doing to gather the strength that it needs to become more powerful. Um, so storyline wise, it makes perfect sense. Um, but that gets into a lot of numbers and balance and things that I feel like I'm already getting way too deep into. Um, I had a really great time playing this game and we had sort of like an end of the year, um, year in review of what happened in like throughout this, throughout this year in our, this year, real time in our campaign. And the reason why I bring it up is one of the players actually mentioned some things that he wasn't thrilled about. And like, hey, this reminds me a lot of this other campaign setting or we're bringing stuff in from like non-official sources and like just we need to be careful of that sort of thing. Ultimately, that's what he was saying. And the reason why I bring it up is because it's a like as a creative person, it's a really, really, really good exercise in finding the criticism finding the legit criticism and taking it to heart. Um, Because, you know, at first glance at something like that, being honest, you get defensive, or at least I do. You're like, I'm the goddamn dungeon master. I can do what I want. Um, If I want to try something, like, why can't I? That's instinct number one. Once that wave washes over, you're like, okay, no. Actually think about what was being said. That... We're doing a lot of world building or I'm doing a lot of of world building kind of in a vacuum because I'm creating a lot and I love world building. Um, But whenever I do that sort of thing, I might force stuff onto the players that they aren't 100% thrilled with. Um, And that's one part of it. Also, uh, making a choice to bring in a character of a much higher level than the party, largely because my reasoning behind it was they were starting to really get, they were starting to really grab a lot of, um, a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of success in what they were doing. They were starting to get real, really big heads. Not in that they were arrogant, but that they, I felt like they, A, they weren't being challenged and B, I didn't want the players to feel like they were the saviors of this town, even though they kind of are. Um, so my point was I wanted to throw them into a place that they were a hundred percent not welcome in where everything was out to get them and show a and show a character who's been living down here of a much higher level that maybe they could one day become, uh, beholden to that they could become in the debt of. Um, and when I originally created that, or when I came up with that idea, this character was an NPC. This high-level character was a non-player character that I would have run. Um, I later gave that to a returning player, so that was probably not the best idea on my part to give a high-level character of a really weird class to a player who's just coming back into, into the game. And also doing things that were from non, non-official sources, like I... I was sort of motivated by my desire to try these things out. And in a game where I'm the dungeon master, I felt like was my best opportunity. But as it turns out, not everyone's into that. Not like people want to make sure that they sort of cultivate the experience that they want. 
And as I started to, to think more about it, I understood the criticism within and be like, okay, yeah, acknowledge the first wave of defensiveness to make sure that, you know what, hey, this is happening. We have to acknowledge that this is part of the reaction. And then once that's gone, think about it. Think about what's actually being said. Um, and I actually, I texted this player privately, uh, and I should do this to, I should do this for everyone um, to make sure that they know where I stand and not have to listen to it on my stupid podcast. Um, that they hear that, or like when I texted this this player, I was like, dude, I hear you. I understand what you're saying, and I... Uh, Sorry, the uh, the little the the little smart speaker right next to me just went off and it totally ruined m- my rhythm. But I was like, "Listen, I hear you, and there are like I understand what what you're saying and why you might not be thrilled about these sort of things. I understand it, and I'm going to temper my my sort of like what's the word I'm looking for? Temper my wanton desire to just sort of add stuff into the game and be like, no, let them create, like give them the space to create stuff. And that's one of my worst desires as a, as a dungeon master is I love world building. I love creating the things that make this world seem more real, but if it only comes one way, if it's from me to the players, then they have no agency in my story. They have like, they're not adding anything to the world. They're just reacting to what I'm throwing at them. And I totally understand that whereas I might want to try certain things, other people might not be so thrilled about that. And we had a back and forth and it was like that we totally get it. Like there is no animosity or whatever. It's like, okay, I understand where he's coming from and I'm going to do my do my level best to make sure that we avoid these sort of issues in the future because, and I think that the the last line was, it's not about criticizing or degrading or, or putting down what came before. It's about making what comes next even better. I felt like that was a really important, um, that was a really important uh, thing I had to go through. Um, and I think anybody who creates for a living and has to get criticized, um, it's good exercise. It's good practice to in not taking everything super personally. Uh, and it takes a lifetime to learn. Uh, and I still haven't learned it 100% yet. But anyway, uh, I'm just going to cut that. Uh, when we talk about like another reason why I wanted to bring up D&D is going back to my to like one of the pillars of this podcast and voice acting. Uh, I think that D and D and tabletop RPGs in general are great for actors and voice actors. Now, some of you out there might be saying, "Well, no, duh." It's like, have we heard of a little thing called Critical Role? Um, and yeah, I totally get it. I'm late to uh, I'm late to to the party on that front, but. If you think about it, like these games allow you to make characters 
They allow you to inhabit those characters in a game setting and perform them. And sometimes that's that's as deep as like coming up with a persona, making a voice, like actually getting into character. And other people might not be super super comfortable with that and they might just be like I I do this or my character does 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 this. There's no right or wrong way to play it, but if you are um trying if you are getting your feet underneath you as a voice actor or as a regular actor or any sort of like a creative person where you have to sort of embody uh, like get into another character's head, I totally recommend uh getting like making characters and trying to give them things that you can perform. Like obviously they'll change over time as all great characters do, but it's important. And one of the things that I feel like I need to work on both as a D&D player and as an actor is being able to stay in character. I always think like, okay, I'm going to sit down and everything that I do is going to be in character. Uh, I'm not going to break character until the game is over. And it never happens that way because I like playing the game. I like talking about the game mechanics and all of that stuff. And sometimes I have to ask the dungeon master questions about what's going on. So it's a little hard for me to get into a character and stay there. Um, But I have created, I I have a lot of great characters and voices I have in, in my repertoire that I love jumping into. It goes all the way back to the, the character I started playing in my current D&D campaign, uh, whose name, <clears throat> sorry, and I don't want it to make this like a, like, here's here's my characters, and let me tell you all about their, uh, their stories. Like, again, I feel like nobody cares, but when I joined uh, the campaign, I was super inspired by a couple of different things. I was inspired by uh, this is like a year or two after I'd started watching Game of Thrones. And uh, I loved the character of uh, Sir, uh, who is it? Sir Ilan Payne, uh, who is the who's the uh, who is a Joffrey sort of executioner, for lack of a better word. Um, I love that idea. Like, he's a feared man, but he's mute. Um, and his job is, his job is to just be the King's justice. And I was like, I kind of like that idea. And also around that time I had watched, uh, Les Mis for, uh, the first time. So I combined that with the idea of, uh, Inspector Javert of, okay, here's the King's justice, but also a fanatic. Like I am the law and the law is not mocked. And combining both of those things and sprinkling a little bit of, like, Northman into it from Game of Thrones as well, like Benjen Stark. And I came up with this character called Thorin. And also, I love the the name Thorin because this was right around the time when the first Hobbit movie came out. And I loved it. And I loved, uh, even though the movie was, um, I loved uh, Richard Armitage, like, how he looked as Thorin Oakenshield. I thought that was such a badass look. So combining all of those, you can see I kind of have I have a, a a type for like stoic, bearded, long-haired men. Uh, take that out of, out of context, why don't you? And um, 
I created this character of Thorin, and when I when it came time to give him a voice, I sort of was like, okay, he's got to be like a lot of gravitas, says very little, uh, but when he speaks, it's super important. And I sort of went like off of uh, Liam Neeson. I think that was the first idea, like take this voice and pitch it down a little bit, and this would be Thorin. I don't know who was what was that line? Said I will find you. And I will kill you. And that's sort of where Thorin started. And um, as time went on, I think it's he sort of developed into more like this, you know, just my voice pitched down a little bit, slight hint of, of an accent. Because when you're doing, uh, or at least when I'm going down that low to do uh, Liam Neeson, uh, it's hard for me to emote through that. Like I need practice, but that's sort of where I was at. <clears throat> Hold on, let me drink a little bit of 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 the water. I think I have Liam still in my throat a little bit. Okay. So that's sort of where I came up with that voice, and there's also um, uh, the character that I talked about a few weeks ago, Donut, whom I based a lot around. Um, Around I, around uh, Robin Williams, basically, uh, he was sort of happy-go-lucky on the outside. Always saw the humor and everything. Always trying to make people laugh, and like you could do that. You could just do Robin Williams. You know, you could do this sort of thing. Hey, ho, 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 hey, uh, you could do that. But I wanted it to be more because he's a halfling. He wanted it, or I wanted the voice to reflect that. So that's when I just pitched him up. And the, and donuts just me, but a little higher, you know. Um, and it really gets into the nasal, which is I think kind of funny. But um, yeah, those are fairly simple voices t- to do because it's just take my normal voice, go down, go up, and those are the easiest things to to do. And like there are people that I know in my local community who've often talked about like I want to get better at doing like character voices I want to get better at doing like these sort of things where like I can just drop in and out of character and that's great like that's definitely a thing to do but the voice is just the ornamentation like as a voice actor the voice is the primary uh, method that we have for projecting our character because there are no visuals but when you're playing a game especially when you're playing with other people um, the characterization and the emotion and the acting, that's what's really important. Um, and getting someone, like getting people to believe you are that person, and you can, they could all sound the same, but as long as you play them differently, they will feel like different, they will feel like different uh, characters, different people. And once you get that skill down, then you can start to experiment with just pitching your voice high, low, faster, slower. And all of those things, because that's sort of those four axes. That's where voices tend to tend to uh, tend to come from. That and impressions. So, like, if Thorne was uh, was started as an impression of uh, Liam Neeson, then Donuts just literally me pitching my voice up a little bit to make it more squeaky and halfling like. Um, so that's why I highly recommend. Every voice actor, anybody who wants to get into the field of voice acting but doesn't know how to get practice, plays D&D or any RPG somehow. 
Um, you don't have to just play a fantasy-oriented game. Uh, they're great because you can really get into some awesome archetypes, but there are tons of other games that are more down-to-earth. Like, a game that I really want to play at some point, and I'll likely take this to a con or something, is a game by Modiphius called Tales from the Loop. Uh, if you've ever seen Stranger Things, it was that's sort of like what kicked it off, although it was also heavily inspired by this Swedish artist whose name I'm not even going to attempt to uh, to pronounce. Um, it was in, like the idea being it takes place in an alternate 1980s where almost everything's the same except like technology has sort of jumped forward uh, a few clicks. Like there are floating buses and uh, robots are are a commonplace sight. And yeah, so it's sort of like this weird, like almost offshoot of like the 1980s where if technology had a had just a little bit of of an adrenaline boost um, or like. Like the military has these really awesome, this really awesome technology and this giant particle accelerator, and everything and everything's really cool. But that technology really hasn't filtered down to you yet. Um, you are still buying like cassette tapes and you're listening to or you're watching movies on VHS or Betamax. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> and that's a great game for. Playing these characters, because all of the characters are kids. They're all like 10 to 15 years old. And you can pull upon some real stuff. Because everyone was was like young at some point. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff you can pull from like your own life. And that gives you that practice of finding what connects you to this character. Like why were you drawn to this character? Why were you why are you inhabiting this person right now? And pulling that real emotional stuff from our pasts and using it to power someone else's life. So yeah, I definitely want to try that game out. I mean, there's a ton of games I really want to try. Um, I've been looking into a lot of Vampire the Masquerade, the fifth edition of it, because it's out now and I've watched a few like actual plays of it. And it looks kind of interesting. The thing that gives me pause, and it shouldn't, but anyway, the thing that gives me pause is that it's a very mature RPG. And by that, I mean, like, sex and violence feature quite heavily, which is awesome for my Christmas episode. Yes, yes, blood, sex, and death. Um, And not like there's, like, like, the culture's not ready for it. Or not like a, oh, we're all too politically correct. We couldn't handle that. Like, I'm actually, like, really concerned that this is a game that could easily cross someone's boundaries or cross someone's line real easily. Um, And it's a shame because the gameplay seems kind of fun. Um, But it's one of those weird games where, like, if someone's really, really, really into this game, maybe you don't want to know that person. Um, but as I've said before, any good game master can sort of excise, um, can excise certain things about the game that they find troubling. And the book does give you some guidelines for that. Like, hey, if you really don't want to play with this mechanic, here's how you take it out. 
And also, uh, on a meta level, White Wolf, the, the publisher, has had a lot of uh, problems recently with their, with their content being absolutely friggin' tone deaf. Uh, so much so that recently they've announced that they can no longer, they, like they feel they can no longer be trusted writing this material. So they pass it off to Modifius, who does Tales from the Loop, the uh, Star Trek RPG, a Conan RPG. And I feel like that was a fine choice because I love Modifius as a company. And I feel like they have, they have a calmer or a cooler head to look at this content and be like, all right. How do we get around this? How do we make this weird amalgamation of of like game mechanics and content work without being too offensive? So like I'm kind of interested in it, but I feel really lucky that I don't need another game to play. Uh, if I ever get the get the chance to play it, I might. Um, but. I feel like I don't even want to spend like the the $25 that it would take to buy a PDF of the rule book because I ultimately, I just don't need it. And if I brought that game to my D&D group and and, and be like, hey guys, let's play Vampire, they would all be like, hell no. Um, So yeah, that's my RPG talk. Uh, Two other things I want to get into. Um, Man, I'm really going long, which happens like it always happens um i'm gonna get into something yeah like a couple of things that are i'm hoping are gonna be kind of rapid fire but the longer that i don't talk about them the longer it's gonna take to get to them so anyways have you all seen that hellboy trailer uh i was tangentially interested in it um because i was a huge like i liked the original hellboy i really loved hellboy too i thought that uh that the movie was so much better because it wasn't moored to a comic storyline. They could just tell their own story. And I really loved it. Also, I'm a huge Ron Perlman fan, uh, which is, I think is going to come up in a little bit. Um, so when I heard that they were rebooting it, I thought, okay, that's too bad. We're not going to get a, we're not going to see like the end of this, of this planned trilogy. Uh, but you know what? That's life. Let's see what we get. And speaking of uh, Stranger Things, one of the actors from Stranger Things is playing Hellboy. Uh, let me see. Uh, I should have known this. Uh, I, I should have known this b- before going in, but um, I'm unprofessional. Uh uh, David Harbour is playing Hellboy. Um, yeah, he was in... Uh, he was uh, Jim Hopper in uh, Stranger Things. By the way, can I make a small confession? Like, this is just between you and me. Don't tell anybody this. I haven't seen Stranger Things yet. I, I know, scandal, right? Uh, I just... I was never properly... Mo- like... People have tried. They've tried to motivate me to watch Stranger Things. And I feel like if I saw it, I would love it. Um, but I don't know. It's just I never really got that urge to be like, you know what? I'm going to sit down. I'm going to watch this thing. God damn it. Uh, and like I'm actually even way behind on all of the Netflix Marvel shows, which are now dropping like flies. Um, 
So, yeah, I don't know if I would ever get caught up on that. But anyways, we have this actor from from Stranger Things. He's playing Hellboy. We saw some promo material, like a profile of of uh, Hellboy. And I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. Supposedly, they were going to go with a much more darker tone, a much more sinister tone. And I was like, okay, I could take that or I could leave it. Then this trailer comes out. And... It's a fine trailer. Um, and yeah, it's a <coughs> sorry. It's a fine trailer. And Mila Jolovich is uh, playing the Blood Queen, who's who's uh, the villain, which I think is an awesome pick. Uh, I love seeing seeing her as a villain. She's great. Um, and the more I watch this trailer, I was like, yeah, this could be fun. This could be good, but it feels like tonally, it's it feels very similar to the first movies. Not that that's a bad thing because they were good, but I thought they were going in a different way. Um, I ultimately was like, I'll give it a shot, but the big thing that sticks in my craw is this is the way that um, is the way that they did the makeup on on uh, on blah the way they did the makeup on Hellboy. Um, that it's a, a, it looks weird. It looks like there's something wrong with him. And like the, he's got the, I mean, the, the characters always had these giant mutton chops and long hair, but I feel like I noticed them more now. I felt I'm looking at like, Meatloaf from the I Would Do Anything for Love video. And that's not great. Um, I'm sure that, again, I'm sure it's going to be fine. But when I look at that face, all I can think of is, And I would do anything for love. Um, And that just, it kind of takes me out of the movie a little bit. To be like, this doesn't seem right. And I think, honestly, what it comes down to is I think I'm spoiled because we had two movies with Hellboy being played by Ron Perlman. And Ron Perlman is a goddamn national treasure. Uh, I will watch him in literally anything. And Ron Perlman's made some ghastly movies. Um, But I loved him as Hellboy. He's as perfect for for Hellboy as Ryan Reynolds is for Deadpool. And now we are seeing that played out. That there's another actor playing the part and there's a bit of like a a there's a bit of a disconnect. There's a bit of a discord there to be like this is walking and talking like Hellboy but it's not Hellboy. Um Ultimately, I'm not that invested in the. I'm not so invested in my in my like staunch fanaticism that I'm going to be like screw this movie, never going going to watch it. No, I'll go see it. Uh, of course, I'm going to go see it. I hope it's great. Um, but that's sort of like what I saw in the trailer. It's just like this weird thing that makes me feel like this Hellboy looks like he should be airbrushed on the side of a van. And maybe that's what they're going for, but if that's what they're going for, they totally nailed it. Uh, and speaking of of uh, trailers, I thought I wasn't going to go talk about this, but 
a few weeks ago, a trailer came out for the next Avengers movie. Uh, They're calling it Endgame, which I think was the obvious choice. Um, I have not seen this trailer, and I very likely will not see that trailer. Um, And it's not out of protest. It's not out of a sense of, screw Marvel. Uh, It's more like... I was super, super, super hype for Avengers 3, Infinity War. Uh, I watched every trailer. I watched every trailer multiple times. Uh, I was like, I was I was practicing my my uh, Thanos, which actually I should try to I should try to 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 uh, to do a Thanos at some point, maybe a little later. Uh, God, now I've got that desire. I've got to be my favorite god now now i've got sidetracked whereas my my the performance side of me is like do the voice do the voice um so when i think of thanos i think of like the version that appeared in guardians of 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 the galaxy 1 um that's that's the line i used to get into thanos <clears throat> and it's like mm, mm, he's down here mm. The only thing that annoys me, Cree, is you. Your politics bore me. And what's worse, you've alienated my favorite daughter, Gamora. Return to me with with the was it Return to me with the orb, or I will bathe the starways in your blood. That's like a very ill practiced Thanos. Uh, I wonder how that sounds. Probably not great because I gave Thanos a bit of a southern accent. He sounds like Sam Elliott. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> Thanos abides. Um, but uh, I was so hyped for Avengers: Infinity War as we get as we like get back on onto track. I was so hyped for that movie. I felt like. Not that I knew everything that was going to going to happen, but I could spot all of the little moments, and also the moments where they were clearly um, where shots were clearly manufactured for the trailer. And this time around, I kind of want to try an experiment and not do that. I want to see Avengers four absolutely, totally, a hundred percent cold. I want to know. I kind of I don't want to have any semblance of what the story is. I don't want to have seen any of the shots. Um, I mean, it's living on the internet. It's kind of impossible to totally avoid it, but I can at least see things without context. And I want to see how that affects my my hype level and my enjoyment of uh, the film. Because I felt like if I'd gone into Avengers: Infinity War stone dead cold, like it probably would have blown my mind. It would have been like almost like seeing, uh, seeing like empire or like, or, uh, star Trek two, or maybe like the matrix again. I don't know. Um, so this time around, I, I want to try that. I want to see, like, obviously I know what the story is and knowing what's going on in the world around us and actors contracts and everything like that. Like some things are unavoidable, but I want to experience this as as cold as I possibly can. Maybe that will mean I love the movie even more. Maybe it means that, that I'll love it less because my hype level isn't quite as high. But yeah, I'm going to go see this movie.
so that's that. Um, I've got to wrap this up soon, but the big thing that's been on that has been dominating my life for the last week, oddly enough, has been hockey. Uh, I talked about it a while ago, like before I went to Philly, that um, my beloved Buffalo Sabres were number one in number one overall in uh, the NHL. Uh, that star has fallen quite a bit. Not super, like, like not a whole bunch, but we went from number one down to number six overall. We're still third in our division. So if it stays neutral like that, we're getting into the playoffs and we're comfortably out of the wild card picture. But yeah, we've had some, we've had, we've had a few stinkers. Um, and I finally broke down and, and uh, and sprung for NHL.TV, which is the NHL's paid subscription service or paid service to like stream every game. It's like 25 bucks a month. And I'm, I'm going to be cutting a few things that I pay for just to make room for it because like luckily that's only going to go throughout hockey season. Then it's going to be done. And then when when the 2019 season rolls around, I'll like re-up it probably just with the one lump sum. Um, that's providing that, that the Sabres are as good then as, as they are now, but we shall see. Um, and I've been enjoying watching all of this, like, like really getting into hockey. Although when I watch Buffalo play, it's like, it's doing a number on my blood pressure because very, like the way that hockey is, like there are blowouts, but they're rare and, like Buffalo has squandered huge leads, like that one game versus uh, what was it? I think that that one uh, where they lost five two. Oh, it was versus Florida. Oh yeah, that game. That's why I hate the League of Florida Panthers. Um, like they were doing all right. They were, I think they were, uh, they were up by one, and then in the third period they just collapsed. And Florida, like a panther, pounced like like a panther pouncing onto a buffalo, just and uh, it was not pretty. And I, I rarely have I been so pissed off at, at a hockey game. And actually, I got similarly pissed when we played Washington, a game that we should have won because we fought like hell to get a goal, one squeaker goal, and. And uh, Washington just capitalized on a few bonehead plays. But anyways, without getting <laughs> without getting too deep, into it, Chris, you're already neck deep into it. Um, I'm really enjoying it. I'm enjoying being in being into this sport. I'm enjoying like uh, watching many games and watching games that I have no stake in. Like I would watch. Or actually, last night I watched. Uh, the Los Angeles Kings play the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. And I have no stake in either team. Um, I I care not. Uh, but it was nice to watch the, this game and just be like, hey, I wonder, like, just to watch hockey and see how people, like, how each team is, 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 is playing right now. Because one is sort of chasing to get into the wildcard picture and the other is the bottom of the league which is a position that we as Buffalonians know quite well. So LA, you have our, our, our sympathies, but they've been doing fairly well. They've won the last few. 
Um, yeah, I'm. I, I'm also been playing uh, NHL 19, which I was gifted as a as a, a Christmas present, and I've been enjoying like that is a is a strange game for someone like me because I know there are sports game fans like people that that really get deep into Madden that like like little fiddly control over everything, uh, and they're really really good at it. I am less so. So like I I had tried practicing and they're like okay like to make this move you got to rotate the like right stick back and you can manipulate the like you can you can like deke someone out using the right stick and this and doing all the these complicated moves these things that would take probably months and months and months of practice to get good at it and then I saw oh no there's like an there's an NHL 94 option boink that one's mine and I've been I've been playing that one. Uh, I've been playing it that way. I still haven't won anything because I mean it's a sports game. You gotta like you, you need practice at it. And my defense sucks. It's awful. Every time that I turn the uh, every time that I turn the uh, the the puck over, why couldn't I say puck? I don't know why. Um, I brain, you gotta work with me here. But every time that I turn the puck over. Um, the defender would have a clear shot right into right into my defensive zone and like every single time and every time that they got down there it was a coin flip on whether or not they would score so first few games like not doing great at it but still enjoying it and that's the fun part like i'm not into all of the like you've got like build up a team make a character uh, like run them through a whole season. Like maybe the manager side of it is okay if I like really love spreadsheets, but at the same time, I just I just want to jump in and play hockey. And that's strange because I like I have no desire to play hockey for realsies. Like if someone gave me skates, I would just laugh at them because I cannot skate. I have tried. I cannot skate, and I have no earthly idea how these NHL players, I mean, who are very well practiced on these ice skates, um, can walk on this sharp blade and not just immediately like like twist their ankle and fall over. Um, that's something that I do not know, but smarter people than me, more talented people than me uh, are well aware of how that is done. Um, I think also... Another gift that I got as a as a, a Christmas present, something I was desperately in need of, um, was a jersey because I live in New York City and it's a goddamn desert of Buffalo stuff up here, as one would expect. We do have an we do have an uh, NHL store because I think the the National Hockey League is headquartered here, but I haven't I've never been there. Um. And my mom got me, or I, I, I say my my uh, mom, but both of my uh, parents got me a jersey for Jack Eichel, who's the captain of uh, the Buffalo Sabres and doing really well. I love this thing. It's my whoopee. Like, I'm, I'm not wearing it right now, but later on tonight when I go out to spend time with, with my in-laws, I'm wearing that, that thing. That's going to be my ugly Christmas sweater. Uh, which is going to be quite awkward because someone uh, very distant in in uh, the family plays hockey 
for another for a very different team. Uh, so that's going to be a little awkward. But you know what? I don't care. Like it is it is Christmas time. You have to have a little awkwardness inside inside your holiday celebrations. Um. So yeah, like that's a thing I've been really enjoy and I've been really enjoying. Uh, the thing that gives me pause because as much as I'm enjoying hockey, as much as I'm enjoying like sitting down and watching all of these games, um, I need to temper it a little bit because I don't want, especially during hockey season where there's a million games being played all over, like like almost every day of 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 the week, there's a game going on. I don't want to get to that point where like I need to watch them all and then I alienate myself from my wife because yesterday I was watching a lot of videos about like greatest fights, best like like best delays, like when weird stuff happens and the and the arena has to shut down or something like that and watching the watching the like LA Vegas game and all of that stuff like to really engrossing myself in the sport. I don't want to alienate her, even though she's actually um, getting back into drawing her uh, webcomic, technically magiccomic.com. And I, I know she doesn't mind it, but that's a, it's a personal thing. Like if the Sabres are, are going to be playing, I'm going to watch. Uh, if there's something else going on, maybe I will watch it, but like anything else will take precedence. Especially since with NHL.TV, you can watch it all later. It's all on demand. Although the weird thing about NHL TV is because there's so much going on and because um, we are in a very hustle and bustle world, they do everything that they can to throw the score at you. Like when you load it up, it's the first thing you will see. Bam, final score. And if you're like, I want to watch this thing and not know, it, like I want to watch this thing cold. You got to like really like sort of unfocus your your vision and like I hope I'm pressing the right button because like it's all like it's almost like <laughs> imagine being in a perfume aisle in like a Macy's or a, a J.C. Penney's down at the mall. There's that one perfume aisle where. Everyone's lining up and they want to spray you with with whatever junk they have. Uh, and you're like, okay, I've got to run this this gauntlet. I think there was like a commercial to that effect as well. But I've been through that. Actually, my thing was when right before we got married, I had to buy my my, my wife an engagement ring. So my soon-to-be mother-in-law took us to this jeweler's bazaar in Jersey. Uh, because she's got the hookups. And it was this giant place full of all these like independent uh, jewelers. And it was in a U shape or yeah, like in a box shape or, or a, a, a square U. And walking down those 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 things, seeing an older woman, a younger woman and and um and a, a a man all in one group, they're trained enough to to know exactly what that means, and it's like blood to sharks. So I had to like I almost had to like duck and weave and juke my way around these people. Like, no 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 like hey I'm I am not looking I'm not looking blah blah blah. And I I felt like I, I I literally felt like I was running a gauntlet. Uh, and when we did buy my wife's engagement ring, we found it in a little hole in the wall. 
uh, jeweler like off of the beaten path in this bazaar. Uh, and it was a beautiful ring. Um, so that's where, like, that's where, that's where I was at with, with my hockey, with, with my hockey stuff. I love it. I'm really enjoying being into it. I love that the Sabres are doing well. I hope that they continue to do well. Um, and, uh, I hope it doesn't overtake me. And actually the last thing that I forgot to mention is kind of a new thing. Um, I kind of got cast. Not in a th- not in the thing that I that I sent the audition for. Um, I did get a, a response back. It was just a thank you, um, but that was it. Uh, I don't know if I will ever hear back from them. My goal is if I don't get a response back from uh, from them by like early January, I'll reach out and be like, hey, I know I probably didn't get cast, but I kind of want to know what was going on. Like what? How was my audition? What was good? What was bad? Etc. Uh, so that's the thing. But since my wife is relaunching her webcomic, uh, she wanted to do a bit of a, of a, um, of a, uh, blah. This bodes really well for someone who wants to talk for a living. She wants to do an announcement video, something that will be a, hey, we are, we are coming back. And she asked me to play one of the characters. And I know she's been said, or she's told me that when she writes this character, she hears my voice, or she hears a voice that I can do, which is awesome. And this is going to be the um, not my first uh, casting. Like, back in college, I was cast in, like, a few things that I did for, like, fun or as favors. Um, and this is not that much different. I'm doing this technically as a favor to my wife, but it's good practice, and... Um, the thing that, the thing that gives me a little pause is because I want to come up with, like, I still have that urge that I want to do a voice. I want to, like, alter my voice in some way, which could be, could be good, could not be, like, the right call. So I need to figure out what the dialogue is, what the lines are. And I think we'll just do a thing where I'll like, cause we're treating it like I've auditioned and I got cast cause I know this character. I like, I've helped her write this, this, uh, this comic a few times. So I know who the, the character is. I have an idea of who the, the, the character is. I don't know the character as well as she does, obviously, but we're going to say like, we, like we, uh, figured out that I'm going to be cast. Then I'm going to to come in and we'll workshop these 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 lines and try to get there. Now in the real world, if you're cast, like obviously the voice director is going to try to help get you to that point. Um, but it's going to be more of like a performance thing. And again, I don't know. Um, they might try to be like faster, slower, etc. But it's I feel like there's not going to be a whole lot of notes on try to do the voice a little differently like try something else could be could not be I don't know um but I'm kind of looking forward to it uh it's going to be fun we have all of the materials here to like record it and and release this video um but I'm really I'm really looking forward to the experience of doing this voice and being directed 
because I don't have that experience a whole lot. And that if I do become a voice actor, if everything lines up right, that's going to be my life. So it's good practice. Like everything, like there's a lot of, of stuff people like me can do for for that uh, for that practice. And even though this is like, there's no money being exchanged, this is kind of a vanity thing. Uh, it is still a thing that my that is promotional for my wife's product, so um, it's gonna be cool. It's gonna be a lot of fun, and I cannot wait. So I think I've rambled long enough. Uh, we're over an hour right now, so we are definitely in the weeds. But you know what? This is gonna be an extra long Christmas gift from me to to you. I hope you had fun listening. Uh, if if you did like it, I do or. I, this is the, the sound of all of the podcast players just clicking off at once. But if you did like what you hear, you can reach out to me on Twitter at just Chris Wood. I'm also on Twitch at just Chris Wood as well. Probably we'll get a streaming going in the new year at some point. I definitely want to get into that. Um, so anyways, with that in mind, I think that's going to wrap up episode six. Ha, <laughs> rap. See what I what I uh, what I did there. I'm so funny. Uh, anyways, thank you all so much for for listening to my show. I appreciate every single one of of uh, you and all of your uh, all of your listenership. Um, I don't know what the future is going to hold for this for this show, but I am loving doing it. So we shall keep going. In any case. We are all done, so thank you so much, and for this holiday edition of No Retakes, my name's been Chris. Have a happy holidays, and take care of yourself.